Hello and welcome to the Church in Action program. This week we're finishing a two-part series with Pastor Barry Kang of Symphony Church in Boston, Massachusetts, and Vision New England President Charles Galda, who are dialoguing how we can trust Christ in our own personal journey of becoming more like Jesus. If you missed part one, you can go check it out on our website at visionnewengland.org or on your favorite podcast streaming platform. We hope you enjoy. We articulate um, often at Symphony, a certain philosophy of, of ministry or disciple making um, that I think is actually, you know, influenced by our culture, um, our Asian culture. We talk a lot about um, Ephesians 4 and um, the uh, the passage there where, um, you know, the, the job of ministers, full-time ministers really, is actually to equip the saints. Um, and the saints are the ones who do the work of ministry. Um, so we we talk about that a lot. Um, and uh, um, actually, Paul in Ephesians 4, you know, has this, um, you know, talks about how uh, we grow, right, uh, when the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working pro- properly, um, makes the whole body grow as it builds itself in, in love. And so there's a um, a vision articulated in Ephesians 4 of growth, and I would parallel that with uh, uh, disciple-making, growing in Jesus, becoming more and more uh, like Jesus, um, happens, at least in Ephesians 4, when every every part of the body is functioning the way it's supposed to. Um, and uh, we can talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, we can talk about, you know, bringing um, our particular um God-given, um, you know, talents and uh, abilities to bless the church in such a way that the whole body grows. And and so uh, we uh, we often, you know, we we I uh, took uh, that old saying, um, you know, it, the old African saying, "It takes a village to raise a child." Um, and uh, we will often talk about how it takes um, the church to make a disciple mm. um, that. Discipleship isn't something that happens um, simply only in a sort of one-on-one kind of context or a one-on-many kind of context where, like, I'm, you know, the preachers up there, you know, saying, you know, this is the word of, you know, teaching the word of God and then saying, or maybe saying, follow me. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a uh, a vision of a community that is growing together as it, you know, surrenders itself as it seeks to disadvantage you know was willing to disadvantage themselves for the sake of others that they may grow. yeah and and so is that so would, would you say there's a a very intentional process you've employed at symphony or is it more a culture that exists yeah i mean it's 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 both um the the we we strongly um to lean on our small group system um, okay. We call it family group. We call it micro church, um, which is very it, small. Could you, could you just clarify for folks when you say micro church, how big are you talking about? Yeah, we're we're actually it's not as micro as it used to be. During the pandemic, it was four to six, um, okay. but uh, now we're. Uh, the, I think the ideal micro church size for us is about eight to twelve. Okay, um, and uh, once it gets bigger than that, we uh, we talk about multiplying. Yeah. Um, the um, we wanted a setting where every person felt uh, and re- realized that they were critical 
to the growth of the body. Um, once you start getting into uh, much larger numbers, um, the that you know it's hard for every single person to feel like I need to be here. There's something I can bring to the table, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's I think the beauty of the small groups. You know, of small groups, it's a setting where um, every person is is important. Every person, if they're gone, is missed, um, and uh, they can use whatever gifts God has given to them in a way that can be a blessing um, and uh, encourage and uplift um, the uh, the whole group. Um, it is helped by our culture, okay. um, which is more uh, sort of community oriented, uh, socially oriented um, than um, uh, I would say the more tip, you know, the, the dominant um, individual mm-hmm. focused uh, culture that that uh, is around us in the West. Well, that's that's a good point too. I was I was really getting at kind of a disciple making culture based on some of you. Know, we used to talk about it in compliance work as the tone from the top. It sounds like there's a lot of tone from the top from you around the mission, about what a disciple is, about our role is to be doing the works of the ministry. Um, so it sounds like there's some cultural kind of Asian cultural stuff, and there's disciple making cultural stuff yes. that's that's really important here. Yeah. And uh, we're um, we're a we're a high commitment church, kind of unapologetically um, mm-hmm. to be part of our. Um, when you're, it's not that you have to come to everything, but we uh, um, we it's we're we're pretty um, involved mm-hmm. in each other's lives. We want to be involved in the community. Uh, we want to be part of. God's mission. We want to spend time with Jesus. We want to be serious about prayer. Um, you know, we want to be serious about his word. So like, there's just um, a lot of things that we, um, uh, it's not so much a programmatic basis, although there are, you know, weekly things happening. Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a, a strong emphasis on the community, um, and growing in the community. Well, and that that commitment, uh, right, is something that was very prevalent in Jesus's ministry, right? When he says, follow me to a, to his disciples, that's a big commitment. They leave yes. everything. Yeah. And and I think maybe we're not helped by some of that consumer approach we take of, well, we'll take whatever you're willing to give. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think we, uh, we ever uh, offer Jesus's, uh, you know, like count the cost speech right jesus mm-hmm. told those who would follow him hey like you know you don't build a tower without decide you know like preparing the materials like he he was very he was very clear that following him was not a um a low cost endeavor mm-hmm. um and he invited them to consider that right from the get-go um i'm, I'm actually going through the gospel of john right now and our church is going through gospel of john um daily um, and, uh, yeah, Jesus did not always make it easy to follow him. Um, yeah. he said things that, you know, raise the commitment bar, including, you know, if I am the bread of heaven, right? If you want to, uh, follow me, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. If you want to follow me, you have to eat, you know, of me. And they got all offended. What are you talking about? You know, um, and, uh, many actually left, um, Jesus. And uh, so much so that Jesus turns to his disciples and says, hey, are you going to go too? And they said, where else would we go? You have, 
you know, you have the words of life. Um, yeah. Well, when Jesus says, what struck me uh, as I've been working through this issue is that when Jesus says, follow me, right, they're making a commitment to live with him. They're making a commitment to model everything in their life on him and memorize everything he says. Are we making a mistake by not telegraphing that really clear upfront to people that if you are going to, to profess to be a follower of Jesus, here is the cost. And maybe there's more cost we can't articulate today, but there's real cost to it. You need to reorder your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dance, right? How do you take someone from where they are to where they need to be? Um, mm. If you, uh, I, I do think it's important to, to articulate um, a vision of what like life in Christianity, like life following Jesus rather looks like. Mm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, um, I don't know that it's um, that we're able to take people more than one step towards Jesus at a time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that's the tension. Um, certainly, I think there needs to be um, an articulation of the bigger vision. Uh, this is what we were headed to, just so you know. Like, this is what your event, you're not saying yes to all of this right now. Uh, we recognize there, there's growth that's needed. There's steps that need to be taken. Um, but uh, I think we also have to be cognizant that, you know, you can't go from, um, it, it's hard for us to ask someone to go from, you know, being completely skeptical about Jesus to, uh, you know, giving their life mm -hmm. away. There, You know, we can't do that. Like Jesus can. Um, mm -hmm. There can be a spiritual encounter with Jesus that changes everything. But um, when we're presenting Christ and the gospel, I think uh, the... Uh, uh, we're to uh, persuade, I think is the mm -hmm. term that actually uh, um, Paul uses. Uh, we're to, we need, we, there, so that's that's the dance I'm talking about. Um, and you you make you make a really good point, I think, in this notion of well, you need to present a vision of what life with Jesus can be like. And I'm not sure we're always accurate on that. We kind of sometimes we're like, well, all your problems will go away. Well, that's not true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there is a vision there about that life can be a light burden and an easy yoke. And I don't know that we are take, cause, cause then I'm willing to make the trade-offs, right? Cause I want that. I think the disciples are like, they think they right. I'm signing up to be a head honcho in the kingdom. That's I'll, I'll sign up for come with me. Right. And maybe there's other motivations there too, but there's at least, a piece of they can see something that they're willing to leave everything for. And so we probably need to be able to articulate the, that better than I think some of us in our traditions do about what life, the, the, the richness and blessing and ease of life, if we really were to be transformed to be like Jesus versus continuing to want to have it our way, that self-centeredness you're talking about, continue to want to have it my way. Um, and then add all these other, you know, changes I have to make in my life. I don't know that I want that those facilitate, I want it my way. Yeah, I think that vision is is uh, the vision for the with God life, the with Jesus life the, is is critical. Um, mm. And uh, um, yeah, our we have uh, there. There's competition for that message and that vision, um, and uh, it's it sometimes feels like a. Like uh, we're getting out shouted by the world, but yes, we have to keep articulating because if we don't, um, then it's uh, then the 
then we, if without an articulation of the why, um, mm-hmm. as Simon Sinek would put it, um, it's it's very hard for us to understand what you know or be motivated to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so how do you know when someone's, so yeah, I, I, your church is too big that I think that you probably have a view on every single person in the church and exactly where they are spiritually, but how do you pick who you're, you're working with or you're assessing and how do you know people are growing in that group and beyond? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think too often we, uh, we default to, um, do they show up consistently? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think faithfulness and availability, teachability, really important, um, but not necessarily, um, you know, the uh, the mark of growth because you can you can show up for other reasons. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's things that are hard to measure. Um, like uh, I was one of the things that I like I go back to, I think the the great indicators of. Um, a gospel transformed life. And uh, one of them is uh, forgiveness. I find that is uh, very difficult for a lot of Christians to grapple with. And But it's also, I think, one of the greatest indications that you understand that you've been impacted by grace. Um, if you understand the gospel message of grace, um, then you're able to forgive. Um, and um, when I see... Um, a follower of Jesus who, you know, is able to forgive. Um, and it's hard, but they're able to forgive. I see that, I think, is great evidence of growth. Um, are they the other, you know, I think where the rubber of, of uh, faith meets the road of life, um, another one of those points is, uh, are you willing to trust God with your finances? I mean, Jesus did talk about, um, you know, money more than any other topic. Uh, because that can be one of the idols in our lives. And especially in our consumeristic, materialistic society, I think a, uh, um, like being able to trust God with your finances is a great indicator of growth. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a clear, um, indicator that you're willing to sacrifice, um, that there, there's a, uh, a heavenly vision, if you will, uh, something that is, uh, motivating you beyond on temporary uh, pleasure or security. Um, and you're, you're making me think of, and you could also talk about, I can judge my spiritual growth by being with me when I drive, yeah. right? Or engaging me in a political conversation, because that seems to be two places we fail pretty miserably. Yeah, is there is there graciousness? Um, is there patience? Is there kindness? Or the, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, being... Uh, developed uh within us um you know a lot of those character um things that are hard to measure but i think you can also see um you may not always see it in yourself but others around you can see as well um yeah and one thing that i've been wrestling with recently is um a sign of growth is when things aren't going well when you're not on a spiritual high um, when uh, the circumstances of life um, all seem to be against you, are you still able um, to find strength in the Lord? Um, as uh, you know, David um, at Ziklag, when uh, you know he was with his uh, um, his community out in the wilderness, and they come back from battle, they lose everything. They want to kill him um, because uh, 
he's the leader and he's he's the most to blame. Um, he's able in that moment to, you know, find strength in the Lord. And um, uh, I do see, um, you know, as like we have a young church, but I do see uh, that uh, as you go down the road of faith, uh, one of the challenges I think is to be able to, um, you know, be able to endure and persist, you know, in the joy of the gospel, even when your circumstances aren't, uh, you know, there. And I, I think that's, you know, why Paul says, you know, uh, I've learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. And I think that's a great uh, indicator of, of, uh, of growth in Christ. Uh, can you be content with Christ when uh, you have nothing else? Yeah, I think you know. So, so often, I think when we hear that verse, we say, "Well, that would be lovely. I would love that." Um, but we don't have the idea that there's actual effort on our part. Going back to your training and your practice, there's actual effort on our part that is necessary to be transformed, so that that I could say that truthfully. Yeah, I think you have to be in that situation. Um, you have to find yourself in that situation where you can then honestly say, "You know what, Christ is enough." And um, the ways that, you know, I think like giving generosity is part of that. We, we give to not because God needs our money. We give because God wants to grow us in our mm -hmm. character and to recognize that he is enough. Um, for example, um, we serve because our time, we realize, you know what? This is, this is worth it. Our time, you know, doesn't have to be spent just on me. Um, I can be part of something bigger, and, and that's part of uh, um, that training as well. What What would you say to someone who's going through that difficult time and is able to say, "I just say, no, Jesus is enough," but it still hurts a lot? And am I am I are those two conflicting statements, or can I say both of them fairly? No, I think you can say both. Okay, um, because uh, I think contentment and joy necess aren't necessarily. Uh, just emotions. Um, it's it's a, a recognition of reality, um, the ultimate reality. You know, um, yeah. The the uh, other scripture passage that I've been uh, dwelling in these days, mainly because I've been preaching in it, is uh, Psalm twenty three, um, and uh, that's one of the reasons David's been on my mind. Um, it couldn't have been easy for David. Um, you know, for much of his life, on the run from Saul, um, fighting many battles, even on the run from his own son, Absalom, and things like that. Um, he's able to say, um, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of deepest darkness, mm -hmm. I will not fear, uh, for you are with me. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure David didn't think all was great, hmm. um, but he was able to say, um, "I'm, uh, you know, I think God is enough." Um, actually, Dallas Willard um, wrote. Uh, he didn't actually write a book about Psalm 23. He he taught about Psalm 23, and his, his teachings were collected into a, a book. Hmm. Um, but he talks about Job. Um, and this growth in faith that he has, um, three levels of faith. How um, in the beginning, Job trusts in God because everything in his life is great. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he is able to, you know, he's faithful to God. He, he sacrificed every day. He worshiped God every day. And God blessed him. And that's, Dallas Wood calls that the first level of faith. Um, but then there's a second level of faith where um, he has to be able to say, you know what, even if I don't have, like, God, you know, I will still um, trust in him. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the third level of faith is where Job comes into the presence of God and all of his previous arguments and questions they all sort of fade away in light of the sufficiency of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's a third level of faith of sufficiency. And, and uh, it's, it's this, you know, I really like that because it sort of, it shows that we're on this journey. Um, I may be at level one faith or level two faith, uh, but there's more that God has for me. And, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's really important to know that um, the paths of righteousness actually often go through the valleys. Yeah. Right. Like the way, um, you know, he, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Next line, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Uh, because those paths of righteousness often do lead uh, through the valleys. Um, it's in those valleys that we really learn and grow yeah. in our relationship with God. Well, a verse I've been focused on lately is, is the one where, um, Paul is saying all, all uh, discipline seems unpleasant, mm-hmm. but God does it to make you holy, yeah. right? And so we've said when we've gone through difficult t- stuff in our family, it's been like, okay, if if he would just tell me what it is he wants to change, I will change it. And the reality is, no, we won't, right? That's why we have to go through this because we would, even if he told us, and there's stuff in our lives we know we need to change and he doesn't need to tell us and we're still not changing that. Right. And so it, it, there's something about that suffering as unpleasant as it's the only way we change, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the only way, but it's definitely the. Uh, that's that's fair. Exactly. Way. That's but better said. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and so only two minutes left, uh, Barry. So um, what have we not talked about that you think is important in this space that people should hear? Um. Oh, time flew. Um, you know, I, I think our um, a considerate, like I, I've been talking about it a little bit, it's just a consideration of culture. How much does our culture, um, our cultural, ethnic culture, or, you know, uh, things like that, like how much does that impact how we see um, discipleship and disciple making? Uh, I admit that um, we, uh, uh, our symphony's method of disciple making um, is very community oriented because of our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, I think there's biblical, um, there are biblical foundations for that kind of disciple making. Um, but um, I think it's, it's important to consider uh, just how much our culture uh, does impact how we see what being a follower of Jesus is and yeah. and uh kind of a you know I'm part of western culture but I'm also sort of on the outside a little bit um I do think that western individualism um you know our focus on that may be one of the things that really hurts us from just being able to surrender and follow Jesus um and um 
like uh, and so that affects our discipleship models too right like is our um, is our method like you be a disciple maker as in the individual um, is that ultimately a you know is that leading them to christ centeredness or is that making them the, the center of the story right yeah. You know, there's probably things we can do and say that if we're not in a hyper individualistic society, they can work fine. But in a hyper individualistic society, they 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 uh, grow our dysfunction around it. Yeah, right? and I think that it's a huge topic. We don't have time, but yeah. I would say so much of the division that we see, so much of the conflict that we see in our society today, I mean, it really I think it's because we've gotten more individualistic um not less so um we've become less community oriented um over the years and um i think that's one of the reasons dynamics behind you know divisions in politics divisions in culture and so on and so forth completely agree and good good words to end on barry thanks so much for being with us thanks for your ministry and thanks for being such a great partner oh no thank you what a pleasure um, yeah, really inspired by the work you're doing. Thanks, Charles. Thanks so much. And I'd like to thank our producer, Jess Mangano, and listeners like you. This program is created by Vision New England, which accelerates evangelism by helping the church make disciples do justice and foster unity so people want to know Jesus and we can transform New England with his love. You can find more resources and donate at visionnewengland.org. This program is brought to you by our friends at the Luis Palau Association. We're dedicated to proclaiming the good news, uniting the church, and impacting cities worldwide. God bless you, and thanks for listening.